The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Mark Henry, and Bully Ray talk about Edge. WWE Hall of Famer Edge, his night on SmackDown this past Friday, and what is Edge's future moving forward? Also, we go back a little way since I was on vacation, and we talk about AEW's Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match. Woo! You're going to want to hear that. And we talk to Fuego Del Sol. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The word of the day, gentlemen, is Leatherface. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> memo to AEW. No offense, Mark. No offense taken. Yeah, but if you're gonna put on a shit show like they had on Dynamite this past Wednesday, you I didn't can't, say that, you, Tony. You can't do that when I'm on vacation. You can't do that to I me. Like, I like my check. I didn't can't say do that. that to me. I mean, for all the times. That I have come on the air and put AEW over to the moon. You know how much I love AEW, Mark. Oh, yeah. How many times you had Tony Khan on the air, mm-hmm. having to promote the Night of Rampage and all that stuff, don't do it. You got to do me a solid. You can't put that match on when I'm on vacation. Can't do it. I'm screaming at the wall on vacation because I was so enamored by what I had just seen. Enamored? Yes. Or taken aback? I don't know if enamored means you're in love with. Yeah, enamored means you're in love with oh, that you like. Well, for anybody who knows me or has listened to this show, n- knows how much I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Can't so, tell you. Can't tell you what happened or who did what. I don't. Toby like, Hopper classic. I don't like scary Texas stuff. Chainsaw Massacre. John Larroquette with the opening narration. Tony Khan, man, with all the money he's got, couldn't hire John Larroquette to do the opening narration of Dynamite last Wednesday? Come on now. That's the guy from... from, from, uh, Night Court. Night Court, Yeah. He does the opening narration of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh! All I can think think of is the old 70s and 80s uh, uh, game show where Alan Funt would go, the password is Leatherface. 
I can only imagine what was going on in the LaGreca household. Now, to, to, to I would have paid to, more money to watch Dave's reaction to the show than the show. Now, to put this in perspective, to give it some scale, mm-hmm. Dave, did you watch it live? I did not watch it live. Okay. When you did eventually watch it, was your reaction on par with greater than or less than the zombies that came out from under the ring in the WWE? I, I'm going to say this. It's on par. Okay. It's it's on par. I was going to ask that question, Bully. It's on that par with the zombies. That is crazy that we had... You and me, you, me and Tommy, we're starting to... Starting to yeah. mer- merge brains. Me, me and Tommy's fat brain is starting to morph into your fat brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on, I, I didn't want to say it like that. It but. was on par. It was on par with the zombie. Like, it's... It's it's up there now with the zombies and RoboCop. Like, you know, people, Ooh, people, no. RoboCop people, is in a class of his own. Oh, okay, all right, RoboCop, but you know, a fake Leatherface running after Karen Jarrett with a chainsaw. That's okay. I mean, it's it's gonna be remembered 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 years from now. There are going to be wrestling fans that are going to say, you know, I remember back in 2023 watching AEW Dynamite and somebody will say, what's that? AEW Dynamite. (laughs) And then they're going to say, (laughs) I remember watching the Texas Chainsaw. The the one thing I got to say, though, at least after the zombies, like, they didn't give Miz a zombie belt. They didn't say, Miz, you're the world champion of zombies. But they actually gave Jeff Jarrett a chance. Like, here's a championship title with Leatherface on the belt. This you've, you've accomplished this. You, sir, here, you get this championship title. Use it wisely. Defend it wisely, but here's this championship title. What the J-E-F-F. fuck are they thinking? What the fuck are they thinking? Now, I was... Li- I'm sorry, Bully, and I'm sorry, Mark. I know you guys already talked about this last week, and I know people, you know, are in their cars, and they're like, well, we'll talk about what happened this week. When fuck you. I'm going to start off the show this way, because you can't have a segment like that and not have me react to it. I'm sorry. Oh now, I was listening, Mark, to you and Denise on Saturday, and you were talking about this was a promotional thing. I get it. It's a promotional it's a thing. It's a it's a business, you know. And, and listen, God bless the, the donation, $100,000 to Maui. That's, a, that's amazing. That's fantastic. You know what, Tony Khan? Come on out. That's Give pretty the check. good. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Better than our own government's doing for Maui, but whatever. But, no, don't get into it. Don't, but, please but, don't I'm do just that. saying. But, you threw but, a grenade in the room. Amazing gesture, and I'm not sleeping on that. So that that's amazing. But for the video game, you know, business side of it, you know what? You have Adam Cole and MJF doing these crazy. Have a segment with those two playing the video game or something. Play off of that. Yeah. Have some jokes about that. Adam Cole's a big video game guy. Do something with like that. But to put on a match like that for that length of time in front of a live crowd with Jeff Jarrett and a Hardy, like, I mean, that that that's too much for me to handle. 
And like, I know there's a lot of people saying, well, it was fun. Fun for who? 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 I'd like to know who thought that was fun. Somebody I, call I in. would love for somebody to call in to the show today. You know, if you could, if you could fucking dial. Because anybody that enjoyed that probably can't dial a phone. So call your nurse aide, call your mom or dad, have them call for you, and then tell me how you thought that that was good and that was fun. Somebody needs to tell me. Because maybe there's something I'm missing. He's gonna maybe there's something I'm missing from watching it. He's going to have a coronary. I think it was fun. Fun without fun. What do you find fun? If you thought that was fun, there's something wrong. If you thought that was fun, then there's something wrong with you. Andre, there's something wrong with you. Dave, why can't you just sit back and enjoy pro wrestling? You know, you know, because that's not wrestling. (laughs) That's why. That's not Dave, wrestling. Why can't you just sit back and appreciate it for what it was for? For what? Why do you have to what be so for? negative? What was it for? Now you know what? People now, are gonna tune in. I'm and never watch gonna. It. I'm never buying. You know, I was gonna buy the video game. Now, fuck it. I ain't buying it now. And I'm telling all my friends and everybody else not to buy it. That's what I'm doing. They they're gonna sell less copies of that game now because of that segment. I doubt it. I'm buying it. And you desecrated, and you desecrated Leatherface, and you desecrated Leatherface. Morning, and you just just because you can't sit when back most iconic and enjoy pro wrestling. One of the most iconic villains of all time. Desecrated, child, desecrated. Somebody who was a serial killer did his job well. I'm going to play the game. Them. I'm going to get them. the game, and I'm going to play the hell out of it. Unless it's got spooky music. If it's got spooky music, then I. My hey, God! I can't. My I God! Can't play it. My God! I like scary the... stuff, Dave. <laughs> My God! The My God! Fine, 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 fine. It's fine. Take it for it. It's fine. What the fuck's wrong with you? Just enjoy what pro wrestling. What, what, what kind of people are they? What kind Just of have people fun are they? Sound like Rip Rogers today. What kind of people are they? This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's look at Edge. Let's look at Friday night specifically. Comes out. He's got that Toronto Maple Leaf gear on. You know, um, his family's at ringside. Sold out crowd, place is insane. Um, it did feel bully like watching that match on Friday that that was most likely the last time we're going to see Edge in the ring. Your thoughts? He should have lost. Look at you, <laughs> old school bastard. I said the same thing. Look at you, you, old school bastard. <laughs> you never win at home. Like, leave him wanting more and build somebody. But here's the thing. This just goes to show you how and why the WWE is the biggest wrestling company on the planet, and they've been so successful, and no one... Bischoff came close to putting him out, but no one has done it yet. At the end of the day, the WWE knows what the WWE universe wants, and they gave it to him. Yeah, uh, People would have went home very, very unhappy if Edge would have lost. And Sheamus doesn't really need it. If it was Edge versus like an up-and-coming Austin Theory, if it was Edge versus, um, I don't know, pick another up-and-comer who they have a, a, a future for, then I would have been um, a, a lot more definitive about Edge losing. I'm breaking chops about Edge losing just because it's that old school, if you are on your way out, you do the favors and you do the favors out on your back looking at the lights. Went really well. Sheamus, as you guys said, has been one of the uh, shining spots for the WWE low-key 
shining spots, bright spots for the WWE for about five years now. Enjoyed it. Uh, it had time to breathe afterwards. We got the emotion of the moment. We understood what it meant. But here's here's the bigger uh, question for me. Here's the elephant in the room. And I know Tommy's not here this morning, but oh, I figure I'd throw wow, it out yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, I'll give you three seconds to pop. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> anyway Bless if your this is <laughs> yes. if this is Edge's last match in the WWE if his contract is expiring if he is done done and done do you think Tony has the money to lure Edge over to AEW hmm they got plenty of money. They got that money. Think about the question the I just smoke. asked. Does Tony have the money to lure him over? Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt, right? No doubt he and got the, it. And the WWE that knows that Tony will throw FU money at a guy like Edge just to have Edge and Christian under his roof and to have the Hardys under his roof. Now he's got two legendary tag teams there. Edge along with Christian as the tag team, Edge by himself um, as a single star. But the WWE also knows that AEW knows this. So there could be one hell of a bidding war. And there's, it's going to be very, uh, I would be really shocked if a homegrown WWE talent in Edge, a guy who started off in a group called The Brood, who broke out of that group, that faction, then went on to become one half of the WWE's, uh, you know, top five, top 10 tag teams of all time. Broke out of that, went on to become a very successful single star, a Hall of Famer. The WWE is not just letting this guy go. So well, he's going to leave anyway, Bully, because he's got, he's working on that movie. I mean that going to work on a movie mark is that to me that's something different it's about making that jump over to AEW I don't know how much you guys saw on social media I know what I was seeing so many people are begging this guy to make the jump over to AEW so many yeah and I, saw I, it. I don't say again I saw it yep uh personally I don't think that's the right fit I think Edge is one of those guys uh, that should be a WWE lifer. And you know, Mark, I, I almost, knew you was going to say that word. I almost said much like you, but you're not a WWE lifer, and neither was Big Show. And, you know, some people do go other places because they want to see what uh, another company's like. You only worked in one company for your entire career, and it was a very, very successful and very lucrative one run. But sometimes people are just like, shit. I never, I never did, uh, you know, some indie at a Polish American club in Piscataway, New Jersey. Nor have I ever worked at, you know, at a show like Wembley. So people want to, you know, uh, you know, see what it's like on the other side. Remain, remains to be seen with Edge. But everything that I've seen from his comeback, what I saw the other night, I enjoyed all of it. Bully, I know a lot of this is about Edge, but also. You got to look at Sheamus, too. Sheamus was 
tailor made for that role that he played. Uh, I was blessed and honored to be able to be in that role before too. Uh, there's a lot of times you're gonna see Edge, um, and if that is indeed the the last thing that he's gonna do with WWE or the last thing he's gonna do in Toronto, uh, for sure. Um, then the last images are going to be him beating Sheamus. And people say all the time that, oh, man, it's, um, you're, you're going and in, in, in doing the favor. No, that is not doing the favor category. That's doing the honor category. And there's two categories when it comes to uh, leaving somebody strong and creating a moment for them that's going to last throughout history. And I want to take this time to give Seamus his flowers because he did that in an unbelievable manner. And this is not the only time. We talked about him being the MVP through COVID. And uh, I, I just, you know, I want, I want people to, to look at this and go, wow, this guy went out there and put on a hell of a performance and it, I mean, he almost won it. It, it, it looks to me like pro wrestling is strong and it's going to stay strong as long as you got people like Sheamus. I saw the definitive change in Sheamus when he started tagging with Cesaro. I saw a lot more of the personality in Sheamus. I think that's when Sheamus really started to you know, come out and become a superstar. Now that we, you might be able to go back farther than that, but that's when I remember it. And then obviously going into. Were COVID. you going to say come out of the closet? No. Okay. No, he. I mean, <laughs> no. I think when there he were, started to come out and really shine. I think there were definitive times in his career where you've seen that bully, where he shined. Yeah. But I think it's most notably was during the lockdown where he was like where yeah. you would say like wow he's really in a lot of ways carrying monday nights and uh, i felt that way and i thought it was a great moment mark when you're talking about sheamus is the embrace sheamus had with with edge right before this the show signed off like you know was seeing edge you know looking out to his family blowing kisses beth crying his kids crying and then Sheamus turning around and, and hugging Edge in the middle of that ring. I thought that was like an amazing moment to me, like almost like an exclamation point to Edge's career. After seeing that, I don't know if I want to see him someplace else, unless it's something that Edge wants to do. Like like you just said, Bully, that you know, for you, Mark, hey, let, let's see what this is like. But for you, is it, it's a completely different role. You know, you're not wrestling with AEW. You're you're in a coaching creative role with AEW. I mean, are people expecting Edge to wrestle in AEW? Or is this going to be a different role for Edge if he was to go to AEW? I would say that he would, he would have to wrestle because Christian is there wrestling too. And, you know, if... if I just look at the future and what I would like to see as a fan, and I can see Edge coming. And one of the AEW people mm -hmm. that we look at right now as being hot, coming out and saying basically like, hey, man, 
this ain't where you used to be. Like, you don't run shit over here. And a real good beatdown starts. And then Christian comes out. Hey, I might not agree with what he's doing, but you're not going to just come out here and beat on him. He's still my brother. And and now you, you've, you've created another vehicle to train some of the tag teams because there's some good young tag teams at AEW. They just need a veteran tag team like a Christian and Edge to further along that development. Bully, do you think that this is a possibility? Like, it's one thing to see things on the internet, see people tweeting about it, people hopeful. But in your opinion, is this something that's even a possibility? When you have FU money like Tony Khan does, yes, it's a possibility. End of story. Because no, Edge might be sitting yeah. there and saying to himself, all right, I'm done with my WWE career. I'm done wrestling. It's all good. I, 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 I've done everything that I've wanted to do. And then all of a sudden that phone rings and you take that call and blah, blah, blah. How you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? I saw your last match. I've been a big fan, blah, 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 blah. So and then all the of a sudden number comes out, a number comes <laughs> yeah. out of Tony's mouth. And, you know, as a wrestler, what happens? You think about it. And then you put that, you hang up that phone and then you look over at your wife and your wife goes, what did he say? And you tell your wife the number and her eyes pop out of her head. And now all of a sudden there's a discussion at the dinner table. He's already made life-changing money in the WWE. Mark, we can agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about being 50 years old now and being able to make probably more let's just say it was equal equal amount of money working half of the schedule get your gears going it gets you thinking make it now you know that you can kind of well i only want to come in and do this i only want to wrestle these guys you can start writing your own ticket for the back nine of your career so yes it is a possibility when that much money is involved so you feel the same way, Mark, when you hear something wait, like wait, that? Wait, 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 Mark, before you answer the question, Dave, do you ever think Hulk Hogan would go to WCW? No. Well, and there's your barometer. Yeah, breathe heavy, brother. I know it's... There, there are things... how it happens. There are things... Mark, I'll throw you in the... I was surprised when I saw you in Jacksonville for uh, Double or Nothing. Like, there are things that I've seen over the last five to ten years that I thought would never occur, that would never happen. But it has happened. Mark, let me ask you this. I didn't mean to cut you off. The, the scenario that I just gave about getting the phone call and then getting an offer, talking about it with your wife, yada, yada, is that something similar that could have happened to you? Yeah, very okay. similar. Okay. So, Dave, what I laid out is, just so you know, it's not mm. like I'm not pulling it out of the no, air. No. Right, that's why you know, I said that's, that's, that's how it happens. Like, you know, there's a conversation had and um, sometimes the conversation is spawned by the, the, the person. See, check the temperature of the company, you know, and if that's the case, then that's be a short ass conversation because like Bully said, Tony and Tony got that F you money. 
I mean that train smoke money. You you know how long train smoke is? <laughs> Shit, man, they got you can line up dollar bills from Los Angeles to New York. Hi everybody, Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast, where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. Fuego del Sol joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you? And thank you so much for the time. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you guys. I'm excited to speak to the Busted Open Nation, man. I've been a big fan of the of the program for a long time, and I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Let's talk about you, because that's why we wanted you on today. We want to really kind of ask a lot of questions about what's this next step in your career. Um you know, I know the summer you got the news right at the beginning of the summer that, you know, you'd be stepping away from AEW. Go back to that moment when, you know, you come back, you're healthy again, you battled back, and then you're ready for action, and then you have to think about that next move. What was that like for you? A complete roller coaster ride of emotions, I feel like is the best way to say it. In in February, I suffered my first injury, not only of my career, but of my whole life. I had never really broken a bone in my body. And, you know, in this business, you almost expect it eventually to come, but uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I broke my foot in February and mentally it affected me more than physically. I, uh, yeah. I had just really hit my stride in the gym and was putting on a proper amount of mass and weight that I was uh, enjoying. And I have been coming up with different ideas to pitch to management, to try to um, excel in AEW. And so when that came to a screeching halt, it was, it was rough on me mentally. Not, I've always been a very positive guy. I have a very positive outlook on life and to have to reassess and sit down and kind of have things hooking away from you in a way. It was like, they say, uh, you know, a healthy man wants a thousand things, whereas a unhealthy man only wants one thing. And that's exactly how I felt. I was just dying to get back. And a part of that dying to get back in that rehab process is finding your motivation and finding your reason why. And a lot of my reason why was trying to excel in AEW. So then when the news comes that, hey, we're going in a different direction and we're not going to re-sign Fuego Del Sol, well, now I'm I'm back and forth about it because on one hand, it's a, it's a, it's a new situation where I could be mad or upset or bitter but on the other hand, I finally got my health back. I'm finally clear. I'm ready to go. Let's hit the ground running and let's get back into the ring where I feel like I uh, strive at, where, I, where I'm my best. Fuego, you, you have many options, I feel like, because of your talent. Like, you, you're an unbelievable wrestler. Um, do you have an idea of where you want to be or what you want to do right now and who you want to do it with? I definitely feel like I'm keeping my options open in a lot of ways. Uh, but, you know, two and a half years ago, I was I, I was a no-name kid, really, trying to make it and find my spot in professional wrestling. But I always had a goal. I always had a goal that I was going to sign a pro wrestling contract with a big company and prove to the world on a grander stage that I could hang in a lot of ways. And not only that I could hang, but I can create incredible stories 
and do some incredible things. And back then, I almost felt like I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And but getting that contract was the justification and the validation that I had so long searched for. And there's a confidence that you receive or that you get when you finally sign that deal for the first time of like, oh, all of this paid off. All of this was worth it. All my hard work, all the roads that I've been traveling, all the hours in the car, that this is all paid off. And if anything, it proved to me that, hey, when I put my mind to something, I can achieve it. And guess what? Now I got my mind on it again. If you thought the rise and the grind to get one contract was special, just wait until you see me do it again. And so whoever, whatever the option is, you know, whether it's going down to Orlando and NXT, getting a tryout and going there, I'm open to that. Whether the door opens up again in AEW eventually, I'm open to that. You know, and I and I would be reminisced if I hadn't talked about, uh, talked to some guys at Impact, maybe doing something there soon, as well as the big indies. You know, I, uh, I got some stuff planned at a couple big indies coming up that I don't want to spoil for them. I'll let them announce the dates soon enough. But... I'm thinking months ahead now in a way that I didn't before. And I have some unique, very different stories that I am uh, looking to tell over the next few months. And I cannot wait for people to see what I got cooking. But to show my versatility, to show the different things I can do, not only in the ring, but with a microphone, I, uh, I'm itching to, to get back to where everyone can see me. Uh, on a grander scale. Now, Fuego, you just said it. And I, I think one of the things that you brought to the table to AEW was storytelling because it was a story, right? You getting that opportunity, Sammy giving you that contract and letting you know that you were all elite. And then, wow, this up-and-comer worked his, worked his ass off, got to this point, got signed by AEW. And I love the story that was being told with you, not just in signing with AEW, but in your matches, like this underdog that can rise to the occasions. So I know that when you are out and you were saying it before that you were coming up with some creative ideas, like, did you have at least the opportunity to try to pitch those ideas to creative? Cause I would think that over that time period, especially how hot you were before you got injured and how much momentum and how much buzz that you had, that did you at least have the opportunity to kind of pitch those stories? In a way, yes. Um, you know, AEW has a lot of guys right now. And I know management is all, uh, already on their toes, constantly trying to balance the three different shows that they have. And I try to respect that and also understand that because a lot of wrestlers are all about me, 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 you know, and what's next for I. And it's in, and in, a, in some ways you have to be that way to get ahead, but also understanding how you can pick your spots and fit in, in certain places is huge. And I felt like that's one thing I did understand. And so, you know, uh, some that you've heard the, the saying in the past, some guys just want to, Hey, I want to win the belt and this is how I do it, yeah. you know, and they have no mm -hmm. deeper story to tell. And I feel like with my versatility, I could have done a lot of different things. And I did pitch to management a little bit. Hey, maybe do something in the tag team over here. Maybe we go this direction. I 
very confident in my speaking ability. Maybe I can become a mouthpiece for this guy. There is definitely things that I pitched almost maybe too much. I try to be a sniper with my words and pick my spots, but I'm extremely ambitious. And so I would wait outside of offices, trying to be patient and wait my turn. I would send text messages at the appropriate times, trying to get uh, some hearsay back. And almost maybe even to my own detriment, maybe I was a little annoying with how bad I wanted it and how bad, how ambitious I was. But if anything, I feel like that is the hardest avenue to manage right now in AEW is how do you pitch your stories? Where do you fit in? What is the best system to get your ideas where you want them to be? Grego, interesting answer you just gave because you talked about pitching ideas, whether that was for in-ring wrestling, for speaking, for managing. You said you pitched to the point where you started to wonder if you were becoming part of, like maybe being a pest. At what point did you realize that you were just a body in AEW? Uh, right, right at the beginning of the year. I remember, you know, it was, uh, we were filming a dark in Orlando and I patiently waited my turn out of the, the head guy's office. And I went in and kind of just say, Hey, what am I doing that I could do better? Where do you feel like I fit in? I feel like I'm doing this right or this right. And the answer I got back was, it was almost um, very kind, but in a way, you the writing was on the wall. It was like, well, you've done this in the past, and it was good, and it was good, and this was good, and we had spots for you, and we kind of just fit you in. But, you know, Sammy's doing something different right now, and I liked you with him, but right now he's doing something different. You know, and we had this Fuego 1, Fuego 2 thing, but, you know, that suddenly ended when someone else left, and... You know, we like you a lot, but right now we have nothing for you, you know? And that's that's the answer I kind of got. And it was very kind, but it was not what you want to hear. You know, I'd rather someone tell me, hey, we want you to do this differently with yourself. Hey, we feel like you don't have it in this spot or the, it, or we like you to put on some weight or we would like you to, you know, give me critique because I am I bust my ass. I'm a hard worker. Okay, tell me straight up with me. Be Be real with me. And I'll go put in the work and do it right. I have no problem fixing myself. I got thick skin. I'm fine with a little bit of tough love. You know, I'm an athlete. I want to get better. Every day I wake up striving to be a better wrestler. But if the company I'm working for and the boss I have doesn't give me the right avenue or tell me where I need to fix things, how can I then present you something new or fresh, you know, if I don't feel like I have the right or if I'm not, you know, you have to realize where you're at on the totem pole in a lot of ways, like you just said. And I feel like it, a lot of times I was just a, a good hand to be in, in a, a puzzle piece where they were fitting me in. And that's fine. However, you, you know you how it is. Believe you strive for more. And I will never stop striving for more. You, I know you wanted more. I, I mean, just being around you, um, I, I I see you being a, a, a player, Frego. Uh, I think that, you know, you're on the right path. God is not going to give you more than you can handle. And I think that, like you said, you got thick skin, you got a lot of confidence. You can talk the talk and walk the walk. The walk. Um, don't, don't feel like that, you know, the end is for you. Like you, you just getting started. Hell, I wish I was your age. 
bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, go out there and kill it, man. Like, uh, you, 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 there's a lot of wrestlers out there that's listening to you right now. And uh, there's a lot of bookers and promoters that listen to this show that, that might say, shit, I like that guy. And, and um, I mean, just hearing you, the passion right now, man, that's that we, we used to do a Get Over Monday. I think this is back. Get Over Monday is back because you, you just got over with me. Mark, I, uh, I, I, I don't take those words lightly. I extremely appreciate uh, a veteran like yours advice and, and the encouragement that you just provided me with. And you were always like that, man. I, that's one thing I do miss about AEW is that the, the constant amount of veterans that love the business and that were open and willing to pass along that knowledge, man. Sitting under those learning trees, sitting at those tables and, and listening to guys like you is something that I never took for granted. And I always tried to digest and understand in the moment. Uh, that's one thing I've never doubted. Maybe I've doubted certain things about my career, but one way or another, I've figured out a way, somehow, some way to connect with audiences, even in throwaway matches or in a squash match or here and there, I I feel like that was always the most validating or just ju the justification of why I do what I do, man. No matter how much doubt or or you may feel in backstage, the second I hit that curtain, the second I heard those people, that was my validation. And knowing that I still have that ability to connect with audiences in any type of way, whatever role you put me in, I'll figure out a way to make them care. That's all I'm striving to do. Yes, sir. And then, like I said, I'm 27 years old. I got plenty ahead of me. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, where, and who's going to be smart enough to do it. Ooh, preach. What, Fuego, um, you talked about the younger talent and the veteran talent in AEW. Across the board, and if you would like to include yourself in this, that's totally fine. Do you think the younger talent in AEW takes advantage of the veteran knowledge? Some do and some don't. I uh, And then, you know, there's also guys that that pick their mentor and are, are, are sticking with them. And I understand that, too. You know, too many cooks in the kitchen can ruin a, a, great, a great dish. And I see that. And maybe some people don't understand you and your personality and how you learn and things of that nature. But... I definitely feel like the overall tone backstage was having open ears. You know what I'm saying? And I was always willing to listen to anybody that were that has done something in yep. this business if they want to give me and, and then figuring out how I can apply that to my skill set and use that going forward. Guys like Mark, guys like Paul White, guys like Chris Jericho, you know, guys that have done something in this business for a long time. How can you not? You know, I, I cherish the, the time that we got with William Regal in AEW, showing up early, working with him, you know, because he would preach how things over the years slip through the cracks with younger talent and different trainers and things of that nature. And I am like a sponge. I love absorbing that. Some guys don't like that. Some guys like figuring it out on their own. And I can understand that and respect that to a degree. But it's like, living in a library and never opening a book you gotta mm. you have all of that knowledge around you why not take advantage of it because you know we're we're here one day and go on the next so you gotta use that and i feel like a lot of our young guys are open to it in aew however you know you're gonna get those bad apples in the bunch too 
Dave, Fuego, did you pick up on anything interesting, more specifically the names that Fuego mentioned while talking about the veteran talent that he learned from? And this is a big picture thing, but I want to break it down to some specifics. Were they all WWE guys? Not only that, Mark, but it was you, it was Show, and it was Regal. What the fuck is Fuego del Sol going to learn from Mark Henry, Big Show, and William Regal? Like, if I'm a listener, it's like, this is timing. like... Timing. You can learn This timing. is like com complete opposite ends of the spectrum. A luchador learning from Matt guys and monsters? Absolutely. Because you know what that Matt guy could tell you how to do? Get over. You know how what those monsters can tell you how to do? Get over. And the art of getting over applies to luchadors, deathmatch guys, guys who grab holds, your sister's ass, and everything in between. Would you agree with that, Fuego? Preach, preach. I love to okay. hear it's like Bully, you got well guys that have had thousands and thousands of matches, have been in every in front of every type of audience, big and small. You know, they have tricks in the book that we I don't know. They've forgotten more tricks than I know. So why not take hold of that? If they're willing to share that, if they're going to be nice enough and kind enough to, hey, give this this young mass kid a little bit piece of advice, please come. I'm all ears. Give but, it to me. I'm ready for it. I want it. And I want to use it and apply it to better myself, to become what I feel like I am destined to be. And that is an incredible, great professional wrestler, great storyteller. Because if that's the one thing I feel like I learned the most in AEW is anybody can have a good match. You can teach your grandmama how to wrestle. It's it's uh, the art of telling a story is something I feel like now we're, it, it, you know, you see it with the bloodline in WWE right now. That's what captures audiences for years and years to come. Not just one. And anybody, like I said, I love a great match too. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling fan at heart. I absolutely love a great match. But if you can attach that to moments and stories now we're cooking with hot grease, baby. Yes, now we sir. got something yes, in the sir. pot. Let's go. And that's what I've learned. I was like, oh, man, I had a small story, even on Dark, on Sammy Guevara's blog with QT Marshall. Mark Marshall, good heel, good baby face, underdog. We got something here. Let's use this. Let's drag this out for four months. Now we got people caring. Now we're selling T-shirts. Now people wanting to tune into this YouTube show. Okay, this is the avenue I want to go down. This is the type of matches I want to have. These are the stories. I want to tell, and I want to continue to tell those stories for years and years to come. Fuego, you remember the incident when you had a match with uh, Camarillo, and I oh, yeah. pulled y'all aside, yeah. and and I told you about how uh, me and Ray Mysterio used to work, and I wanted him to do things that put himself away, and you finished them, and. That was that was we talk about a learning experience. Um, I I I love to see the luchador flip and fly, but the thing that I I wanted you to realize is you didn't always have to do all the work. Like, and that's what I was saying to you. Like, let him miss a splash, and then you hit the ropes and drop kick him while he's on his butt. You know, let let him, um, you know, take a turnbuckle, and you try to do a a, a schoolboy, but you can't do it. He reaches to grab you. When he does, you can kick him in the face because he's reached and he's out of position. And now he can take that bump through the ropes to the floor, and you can do something from the apron to the floor. Like it was always steps 
to put yourself in a positive position. You remember that conversation? I not only do I remember that conversation, Mark, I vividly remember then being able to apply it in the couple matches that I had with Miro, who was also a master at it, you know, of trying of figuring out how to uh how to create that bit of doubt or create that opening for me yes. to take advantage of more so than me running and, and, and running each and every way. And so like I remember being able to apply that and not only apply it, but see it play out and work better for me in the few matches that I had with Miro on a bigger stage. And uh, it's so funny that you bring that up because like, that's something I've been applying now on the Indies when you wrestle these bigger guys of using that in a way to tell a different story. There's sometimes you can break a match down to the most basic type of psychology of what do we have on this side? What do we have on this side? And how can we use this when you have a big guy? Is he taking me seriously? Is he is he taking his time? Is he in, is he playing with his food too much? Yeah. You know, there's different ways to to break down the simple psychology of a match, especially when you have a big guy, small guy. You know, and you were great at that with those Ray type matches, the the Brian the Daniel Bryan matches that you guys got to have on SmackDown during that time uh, when you him and 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 Big Show were switching the belt back and forth. Those are things that I would go back and study and and break down to try to use to my advantage. All right, Fuego Del Sol. Thank you. Fuego, thank you again, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash Active Cash.